What's up, everybody? Something's off podcast. I'm Alex DeWitt, your host. Merry Christmas. All right. Happy Hanukkah, Diwali, happy Kwanzaa, Festivus, whatever the hell you do. I'm cool with it. However you want to celebrate the holidays, I'm I'm fine. All right. If you if you want to go on Christmas Eve with a bunch of your buddies into a parking lot and do salvia and sip Molson Canadian and then smash the bottles on the pavement and then sleep all through Christmas Day. That's you, baby. Okay, who am I to judge? I'm not one of those. Like a lot of podcasters like to point fingers at people and tell them how to live and use themselves as an example of like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm a good person. Be like me. Be like me. And I'm not gonna lie, I am one of those people, but not today. Okay, I'm humbled. I'm in a good mood. I have a special guest with me for the first time in this show's history, and I, I just, I want to very quickly just, just cover the lineage of this show and what it started out as and, and what I'm trying to make. And I'm a little delusional. I'm not going to lie. I'm just one of those people, child of the millennium. But uh, this started in December of 2020, like a couple weeks out from Christmas. And I was in lockdown like everybody else was, quarantined, living off craft dinner, mac and cheese and uh, delicio pizza. And uh, I was depressed because I hadn't been on stage in a while. I hadn't done stand up. And some people would call that a blessing. But to me, it was killing me because I I like going up and telling my shitty dick jokes and doing all kinds of shit like that. And uh, I thought like just as long as I just I was aching to perform. I was aching to speak. And uh, I just wasn't going to do the Zoom shows because God forbid I succumb to that nonsense. All right. I've seen the Zoom shows. They're pathetic. And anyone who does them deserves to be put in prison. They are terrible. Zoom show, and there's a lot of good comics who do them, but I, I can't stand them. I'm a man of integrity. I'm a man of principle. And I will, if you see these Zoom shows, it's just, it's a screen of like 20 different squares. There's one girl in the corner who's like clearly been crying in her bedroom. Nobody's showered in about two and a half weeks. There's a guy in the bottom corner. He's eating a pizza pocket, frozen, all right, because he has no electricity. And of course, there's that one comic in the center. His name's Junior, we'll say. Uh, He, of course, gets banned from the comedy scene because it's revealed that he has a Confederate flag in his background of his room. He hasn't even been to the South, this moron. He hasn't even gone. He hasn't even been to Virginia. And Virginia was part of the Union, by the way. But it's at least like a gateway to the city. Like, you got to take baby steps. You can't just fly from Moncton, New Brunswick, or Windsor, Ontario, or Moose Jaw, whatever province and then just land in Charleston, South Carolina. That's like the movie Cool Runnings in reverse, right? It's just, it's a weird moment. You're going to be out of your element as a, as a hillbilly. I mean, like you, you can't just adopt the most polarizing symbol in American history and just put it in your room and not even really be that person, okay? So go down to the South, become a fucking hillbilly, embrace your inner redneck, do you. Do you. What I'm trying to say is I'm not going to do Zoom shows. That's what I mean. But I digress. I have a special guest here with me. And uh, one of my good friends, one of my, you, some might call him my best friend, everybody. This is a ceremonial guest spot because I just I had to have him on as my first guest. Uh, it's 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 comedian, bus driver, jack of all trades. Everyone, Max Ross. Hi, Max. Hey, Alex. Thank you for the 
wonderful intro. I know that was great. Uh, we are five <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> that was a five minute. I just had to have my own little narcissistic rambling right. before everything. I was wondering where you're going with that with the Confederate flag thing and then segue into me. Well, Max is a completely just a highly progressive individual. He's wearing a beanie cap, everybody. You can always trust a guy with a beanie cap. Yeah, you got to fit in with the people at Liberty Village, so. Exactly. Yeah, doing their fucking cable and I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, you're setting up the mechanics on their uh, jack-in-the-box or whatever hipster shit they have. I'm just buying their overpriced coffee. Yeah, exactly. How much is coffee there? Depends where you go, I guess. If you're not going to Tim Hortons, you're going to one of those private places, you're paying a few few dollars for I those. I did that, yeah. For a smaller cup too yeah all those those places with you know it's it's tough to describe them but it's it's the, the people with the loafers without the socks yeah, yeah, yeah that's the look it's the green hair and the uh the pierced septum mm-hmm. that's always that's that's the vibe man that's the swag yo that's the drip if you want to go undercover you got to look like that too because <laughs> you, you can pretty much there's a there's a police station there you could probably tell like who's undercover by just the way the cops dress in the yeah. village <laughs> Well, no, I worked in Liberty Village. I remember exactly. Uh, I worked there for like a good, I want to say maybe six months. And the cops there were pretty casual. Like they'll ride around in the car. But I remember I would stop at Tim Hortons early in the morning as soon as I got off the train before I went into the office. It was it was McCrudden's thing. Mm-hmm. Before I went into the office, I would stop at the Tim Hortons. And the Tim Hortons is right by the police station. And you know how you go through that, like that big parking lot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And every time, every now and then there's a guy that says like, he has a sign that says free bong hits or some shit like that. They're of a different caliber in that neighborhood. <laughs> but uh, I would go in there and the cops would have no holster. Like they would have no gun. They were that casual. They were just, again, like they were starting their shift. So they would come in. Like you'd think that even in a Tim, a place as soft as a Tim Hortons in Liberty Village, you'd want to be that one guy who's got the piece on him, right? Yeah. If, if you can carry it. You'd want to be that guy, like you just want to walk in and assert dominance right away. If something happens, you just got to call the Argos, who, yeah, who are practicing. Yeah, you got well, the field there. Oh, dude, <laughs> just the fun. Oh man, that. Okay, hang on, but no, I'd uh, if I if I was a cop and I was legally able to carry the, I would I would I would carry it unloaded, but I would just want to walk in just to give off. It's all about optics. They see you walk in with it, they go, "I'm not gonna fuck with that dude. I'm not gonna do anything." Uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why I should never become a police officer. <laughs> Didn't you consider that at one point? I did. That was the first <laughs> thing that I was accepted for. Then I got hired by, or I got hired. I got, uh, no, Humber Comedy accepted me and nice. I no longer had to do it. <laughs> I think you, I think you've made the better choice. That was the crossroad. It was either, uh, become a joker with a gun or become a joker with a microphone. Mm-hmm. And I chose the latter, everybody. I did the opposite. I You did. I know you did it for a year. <laughs> I spent money on uh, police foundations and everybody either ends up like a few people end up as police officers and then yeah. the rest are just security guards and just doing comedy as well. Yeah. So. so, but hang on. What I, what do they, as soon as you graduate, it's like a two year course, but as soon as you're out of there, what do, where do you go? Do they go to the academy? No, that just is a diploma. So all you have to you you have you can apply. You don't even need the the diploma to apply as a police officer. I didn't even know so, that. Okay, well, I think this is. Uh, I I think we're uh, getting to the bottom of what's wrong with the justice system. <laughs> no, uh, I do have a funny back to the Liberty Village thing though. While we're still on the t- we're not on the topic anymore, but we're gonna go back. Yeah. Uh, with the arg because you mentioned the Argonauts. Um, 
So I, I was right on Atlantic Avenue when I worked for McCrudden. And that was a really fun job too, by the way. I have nothing bad to say about that guy. Uh, he had to lay me off, but that was like, it was no hard feelings. Like, he's cool. Like we've kind of reconnected. He's a, he's a good dude. Like I have no complaints about it at all. He gave me my first writer's job. Uh, but that was like, um, that was a f- fun, like eight months. Cause we were by Lansdowne, I think for a time, Lansdowne and Bloor. And then we moved to Liberty village in a nicer office. So we were right on Atlantic Avenue and we were right by the train tracks. So at noon, we would just be kind of smoking cigarettes at lunch, whatever. And, and that was when like September time, that was when the Argonauts would have their practice and they were on the other side of the tracks. So we would get to see them as they fucking walked like a walk of shame. And they hadn't even played a game yet. Right. They're walking with their equipment in hand. They're already dressed up and they're walking to the field. The NFL, if you order a fucking camel, to ride over to the place. If you just want, if you just, Hey, you know what today it's Wednesday, it's camel afternoon. I'm just going to jump on this camel. They will get a, a person from the zoo to bring you a fucking camel to ride it as you please over to the stadium. Or if you want a Lamborghini, if you want a limousine, anything these, this is just how fucked the CFL is. These poor bastards had to walk to the fucking stadium. And again, they had to go over the train tracks, right? And the only way to get over onto the other side is to go underground. There's a tunnel. So these guys are stepping over homeless people to get up onto the other side and go to the stadium to practice. And we got to watch them every morning. And I, I felt terrible. Yeah. I'm not like a big, huge, giant football guy, but I'm, there's probably like one kid from Alabama there. He's just like, fuck, man. I will play for Jacksonville. Yeah. That's how desperate I am right now to get out of Toronto. Because... <laughs> I've seen these guys all the time and I've always felt really bad for them too. Cause like if like, cause the Raptors training center is like right outside of Liberty village as well. So like you can maybe see like a nice car and their windows are tinted, but you'd think that's like, Oh, that's either like a, that's Pascal Siakam or, or someone passing through or whatever. Right. But these guys are literally walking on the street. Nobody even looks at them. It's the saddest thing ever. And then uh, one time I was crossing through the parking lot uh, where they practice the uh, that uh, that field they practice on, and um, I saw who's the pinball Clemens. I think yeah, he's, yeah, he's the coach or or the not manager, of, not or, of the Raptors. No, oh, of the, the, Ar- the Argos, the Argonauts. Yeah, yeah. I saw him, and I was, was with a friend too. I'm just like, oh my god, I think that's Pinball Clemens. Yeah. And he just looked at me. He's like, who's that? And I'm like, yeah. God, never mind. I'm getting a nice little head rub. By the way, I had two Tylenol extra strengths before starting this recording, so I am feeling violent. Fucking brace yourselves. <laughs> this is gonna be a good podcast. Yeah, I might have the vid. Do you imagine I gave you the vid hmm. right here? Yeah, that'd be great. Everyone's getting it. They say that everybody at some point is gonna have the Omicron. Because it's, it's so easily transmissible or transmittable. Is that the word? Transmit, yeah. Gives a shit at this point. We went to college. You, I think you I, went to comedy I school. Think, yeah, I'm a fucking professional editor. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm held to a bit of a higher standard in terms of how I talk. I am beginning to realize that uh, the longer I do this job, uh, the worse my English is. So maybe I'm not the right guy. <laughs> I feel like a, what, what is that thing that they have? It's called imposter syndrome where you don't, uh, like you, you get hired for a job, but you don't feel like you're the right person for the job. It's like that weird anxiety paranoia that you have. That's like, literally, oh, fuck. literally every job I've had. I, I don't feel like I'm qualified for that it. was McCrudden's job. I remember the anxiety attack 
when I had uh, when I first got hired from him out of Humber when I was 26. It was my first writer's job, and I'm like, "Fuck, man, they're gonna figure me out. They're gonna fuck like again. They're gonna realize like he's made a mistake. They're definitely gonna realize it. Like you almost feel like you're there's a police car chasing you for something that's not a crime. Mm. Like you just feel okay. The, like I'm going to be made at a certain point. I'm a fraud. These guys don't know it yet." But they're eventually going to find out somehow. Well, that's a, like I feel the same way because I used to install internet, and when even when I got that job, I got hired on the spot. But I didn't even know what the company was. I think they're just like desperate for people. So on my first day, I'm just like, "What do we even make here?" I'm just like, "This is an internet company. Like we give internet to people." <laughs> like I've and then people ask me just like, "Oh, where does internet come from?" And I just have to like wing it and just make up some stuff and Google it, I guess. Right. Well, it, it's. Really- I still don't know where internet comes from, but then I've like troubleshooted it and everything. So I've been just like winging it for like years when I was working there. That really would have been really funny if you went into your interview and you grew a beard like all the way down to your like hip, like just down to like your center area. And uh, you just walked in and they're like, okay, so do you know how to install internet? And you went, what is internet? <laughs> I've been buried in a hole for 15 years. Just woke up from a coma for like <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> I really like the way you're dressed right now. Thank Cause you. Because it, it really looks like you're on like a news podcast and I'm interviewing you about a hit and run that you've been accused of or something like that. <laughs> you're just dressed in an all black hoodie. Just like, yeah, so uh, I was crossing the intersection and uh, I mean, you know, they say I uh, I ran over the stroller. I really didn't. I swerved around it. Uh, I think it was the guy behind me, but uh, yeah, I, I got it. Okay, fuck, it was me. All right, just somebody call the cops. I'm definitely casual today. Track pants, sweatshirt, just giving up. Yeah, I'm, I'm it's in It's the a, end of the year. I don't care anymore. I'm in full plaid and jeans and a New York Giants hat. I don't I don't care anymore. This is, this is my outfit to funerals now. I don't give a shit. I don't care who died. This is me. Do you, what's more respectful, walking into a funeral dressed in all black, something you never dress in, or walking into somebody's funeral like, hey, I'm going to be myself. I have self-respect. This is my way of respecting this person by not being fake. Be the positive like one. Like everyone else. Everyone's sad. They need some positivity, right? Um, I don't know, man. I am uh, count because I thought I had the Omicron last week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because I, I was pretty sure I had two uh, two positive tests, mm-hmm. like the rapid tests, and I don't think those things are reliable at all. I don't know. I've I've done it before, um, and yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I don't know what, what's like. I I don't even know how any of that stuff works anymore. Because like, because you said you had on the rapid test, it was it said positive, right? Yeah, it's the two lines that show up. Yeah, there's one line that's like just gonna show up either way. But if it's positive, the second line will show up. I forget. There's two letters. It is whatever the fuck. Maybe your Omicron went away after you did the the real test after. It very well could have. And I think yeah. you're on to something. But that would have meant that I had it all through the Dark Comedy Festival. And just and killed I, everybody. I killed pro comics. Mm-hmm. Just trying to trying to make it up there. I right? just that, bring it that, in that's down. My, so. That's my way of climbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get rid of the competition. <laughs> No, I don't think I felt great all throughout that. I mm-hmm. didn't feel sick at all. And then it was around Monday I started getting the chills. And then Tuesday I took the rapid test. Well, I think people get it. Like people really start feeling the symptoms like 45 hours later. Because I know a couple people that also like 
Well, they tested negative, mm-hmm. but they had the scare as well because one of their friends was positive. But then uh, they did the test after. They still felt sick, but they didn't. Once they did the test, it said it was negative. So I don't know. Weird times. It's a mystery. I think it's fake. (laughs) I think it's all fake. I'm hitting you guys with a hot take. I think COVID-19 is all a hoax that's brought on by the lizard people. Trying to get those streams up, eh? I am trying to get the streams up. I am trying to. I'm trying to find a new audience. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Something's off. Podcast has been around for a year and a half now. Uh, Alex has a considerable following among the QAnon group. He has uh, middle-aged women in their fifties, along with uh, the guy with the deer horns from the Capitol insurrection. <laughs> you're a real hero I am a real hero I'm a civil rights hero everybody I'm a millennial hero I've never been through sh- I've never had a challenge uh, just so you know me and Max tried to do a podcast uh, on two separate occasions throughout the last decade and uh, this is finally the one I feel like actually we're, we're making progress with this one this one's gonna work I think it's going to work I think I'm gonna upload this uh, because we tried one when we were uh, when I was about 20 and Max was 21 with a couple other buddies of ours. Uh, and that uh, did not go famously. There's one microphone in the middle of the pool table. Yeah, okay. and we all just kind of huddled around it like a bunch of hobos at a garbage fire. <laughs> I'm happy it's gone. Like, I wouldn't have liked that at all. No. I look back at like some, I can't even watch like old videos of like my old stand up videos. Oh, for sure. Cringe like crazy. We all have that though, man. Like that's, that's one of the things that's crazy about getting older. Like you just naturally do shit that you eventually regret. For me, you can tell that I'm like remembering something embarrassing or something cringy I did because like I always put my hand on my like forehead. Like I have a headache or something and just like, are you okay? And just like, I just thought of something embarrassing I did when I was 21. Like, (laughs) I get. I did that three times today, actually, this morning. I think you should pitch a sitcom. Uh, yeah, I it guess just, so. It chronicles all the stupid shit that you did as a young man. I gotta write down every time I get a memory. It's like a PTSD attack. Every time I get a cringy memory, right. I just gotta write it down. See a therapist, and then uh, yeah, so sell it to uh, sell it to a production. Get it. Get it on TLC. Fuck the sitcom thing. Get it on TLC. We're just gonna make your life. They're gonna. It's gonna be contrived though. Like they're gonna probably spice it up a little. They're gonna give you a sadder backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be like you're like an orphan from the streets, but like you're not a hero. You're like a pathetic guy. You're gonna keep the beard too. I think it works better because yeah. you have the beard. You have the beard of a loser. Thank you. I don't even know. I shouldn't be talking. I can't even grow one. <laughs> loser. No, I just I I just like to verbally abuse anybody who has facial hair. I'll get has, you some beard oil. Who has a beard that I, you know what? That'd be a really great Christmas present to send somebody as an insult if they can't grow facial hair. Just send them some hippie oil just to put on the spring. What is it? Is it beard oil? I don't know. It's probably just olive oil and someone labeled it as beard oil. It works. Maybe. Whatever. I can't use it. It's all the same to me. I think we'll test it out. I want to test it out see if it actually works. And then we'll see if we get a money back guarantee. <laughs> Well, what's it supposed to do? I don't even know what it does. Like, I think like it makes it like more, it fills it up, but I don't think it works for people that like literally can't have any like facial hair. 
I don't know, like you might get like a little bit of hairs or something, but there's so many like different techniques and stuff. I don't have to worry about that, but hmm. yeah, but I don't know. You see, it's funny because as soon as like somebody mentions beard politics, mm-hmm. I just zone out because it's really none of my concern. So I did hear something that you yeah. said just then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking to myself at this point. I'm kidding. I'm just going to talk to my beard bros. I'm joking. But uh, yeah, what, what were we saying? Something about... Uh, we're talking about cringy sitcoms. Well, that, no, but what, what, like my point was... I mean, everybody's done shit that's cringe or said shit that like they fucking regret and they don't like. That's the whole problem. It's like there's a whole population of people that act and walk around like their shit doesn't stink, like they've never said or done anything that they regret. And again, like I, I'm, I'm yet to meet a person who like I, I'll press into. I'll be like, oh, you sure? Like you've never said anything that you've ever regretted before that like you're afraid of like, oh, okay, like that, that was shitty. Or tweeted something, or done something stupid as a teenager. Like I'll, I'll say that to people. Are you sure you've never done it? And I, I, I haven't met one person who's been like, no, I never have. Like I'm a perfect human being. Well, I think like last year, that's when people started to like look through their like oh, Twitter yeah. feed and their Facebook feeds and stuff, and just like literally scrolling through, just so like, oh, I can't let anyone find out yeah. that I said this or whatever. The funniest is when it happens to comedians. Yeah, like the really woke type comedians. Yeah. Like both, you, both both sides have bullies. Yeah, both sides do. It's it's imperfect on on both ends for sure. But I think when just on principle, when you preach like acceptance and tolerance of people, and you're and you you model yourself as this progressive person, the just the fucking rush of hearing that this person's done something fucked up when they when they appear as this like self-righteous sanctimonious person, it's just, it, there's something that just, it's almost orgasmic. It's exciting. There's yeah. something great. Cause again, like I don't say that I'm better than anybody. Like I'm a fucking, I can be a scumbag the same as everyone else. Not in like a horrific, but like, I, again, I could be a douchebag, Right. Well, it's funny when like someone calls out someone on Facebook and just like, I just, I have to read the threads. And I remember you messaging me just like, can I log into your Facebook just so I can read, I'll read do the, the bashing? Like, oh, man. It's it's so enjoyable. To get, yeah, to give people backstory, I've been like, there's a whole other world on Facebook that it just, it doesn't touch Instagram. Instagram's a little nicer. It's a little bit tint, like there's, there's rose tinted glasses on Instagram, whereas Facebook, it's just animals. Twitter, it's just animals, right? But just to give some backstory, I quit Facebook. I want to say about a year and a half ago now. And every now and then when Max will tell me about some shit going on with comedians, I have to get on his Facebook. I have to get on and just see the threads and just read them. And uh, Max will be in the bathroom and I'll be out of like out in his living room just laughing at all the shit. <laughs> so and so said what? Back in 2010? What happened with the dog? Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. It's good that you got out though. It's 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 not healthy. Like for me, it was just a thing. I, it, it had been this part of my life for 15 years and I was done with it. I'm like, I'm about to turn 30. I'm done with it. I just don't need it. You don't need it anymore. Cause like, it's, it's not really a good promotion tool really. No. Cause like a lot more people are on Instagram and now like TikTok as well to promote your content. For sure. But like with Facebook, Facebook is this really like just like few friends and like family that I have there. And I'm not really, 
trying to promote anything. Maybe like if I have like shows or whatever, they yeah. can they can come and see that. But like if I want a new audience, I'm not gonna find it on Facebook. I have to go on Instagram where people can actually see my content. Yeah. No, and you get you get a wider audience just being on Instagram and being on TikTok. Facebook doesn't do that anymore. There's there's none of that shit. It's just all for old people. It's all for people in their fifties to oh hey, Craig's on here. I haven't seen him since the sixth grade. Like it's just for it's for people to reconnect. And, um, I mean, that's initially what it was for, but it's the older people that are into it more now. The younger people are kind of getting out. They're just fatigued with it. And yeah. I was one of them, you know? Yeah, no, I'm the same. I've never actually gotten that good with, uh, with Twitter. Like I've no. never, I'm not a Twitter I, addict. I have it, but like I'll post something there every so often, but I just don't enjoy it. I don't read any other no. tweets. Like I don't go through the home screen, like the, uh, yeah. the homepage and, it, read whatever else is i don't even know who follows me i don't know who i follow like i i, I go on just to see what's trending because i want to make a, a stupid joke out of whatever but it is like if you scroll like you're going into the the seventh layer of hell it's mm -hmm. the most depressing place on the internet you're you are literally in touch like you're you're getting a glimpse into the brains of of freaks mm -hmm. right and both on the left and the right it's not just one group of people. It is just, it is all ideologues. It's all people that are driven by one particular way of thinking. And it's just an echo chain. Like, it's just, I, I, I could go on forever, but it's. That's what TikTok is now too. Right. Kinda, you can get lost in there for like hours. Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. flipping through videos. The, that's another one. The fringe is, TikTok's a little better, even though it can be annoying. I don't go on it as much anymore. But the fringe is on TikTok as well. Like it's. It's either like some woman with like rainbow hair who's just like, and we need to crush the men right now. And then it's another guy with like a MAGA hat going, well, it didn't work in Cuba. There's a lot, there's a lot it, more sad stuff on, uh, yeah. on TikTok. Cause like, I see it like with, um, like a girl would, uh, girls love it when a family member dies because yeah. they get to post a video, a montage video or some dance video of them or whatever. Rest yeah. in peace, grandma. Right. It's just, that's all I see. It's just all like, just like, oh my God, my grandma died. Yes. Yeah. Just put in a new video in. Again, I can't, I can't understand. I can't get past the sociopathy of that because again, like, you know, I've had grandparents pass away and I've been close with, I'm lucky though. Cause my grandparents were all cool. I've had grandparents pass away. And I like, I, I remember I wrote one thing on Facebook about one of my grandparents and that got a bunch of likes and I remember feeling good about it, but I'm like, I'm not going to abuse this. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not going to just use the death of a relative of, of somebody that, that I love for social media clout. And that's when I realized I am better than everybody. Yeah. And then you got out of Facebook. And then I got out. But again, like, I just, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't need that shit. I don't, yeah. I don't need it. Um, I think it's oftentimes empty, unhappy people. And uh, I think the social media world has shined a light on people like that. I think before the internet, you, you you didn't have a glimpse into the the minds of people that are that deeply narcissistic. Yeah. No, I'm, I, yeah, I guess I was a lot happier before social media. Right. <laughs> Thinking about it now. It oh, like yeah. I just didn't care what everybody else was doing. There, was there's, like, there's sometimes where I'll look back before Facebook, like to my life before Facebook as a teenager. And I'll, I'll go, sometimes I'll have to think, I'm like, what was I doing? Mm-hmm. Was I riding a bike? Because I was staying in a lot. I wasn't the most social kid in high school. 
But like, I'll sometimes have to remember, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, you mean like I would just go outside and kick a ball around? Or even like not having a cell phone too. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't have a cell phone at all in high school. I, I got one in grade 10. I got one in grade, I got my first one. It was a flip phone. It was a Nokia flip phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was my prized possession. I remember 50 cents straight to the bank was my ringtone for a good five years. <laughs> I remember the the ringtones. I'm just trying I'm trying to remember what my first ringtone was, but it's probably some stupid song I'm embarrassed about now. I had all 50 cent ringtones, but eventually 50 cent the the straight to the bank, I couldn't get it off my phone for some reason. And I w- I would get straight to the bank every time I get a text, every time my alarm would go off in the morning, straight to the bank. And then when my fucking phone would ring. You should put that on now on your phone. When I'm out and uh, you know what I should. <laughs> I really should. I don't think anybody has ring everybody has the same ringtone now. They just yeah. don't care. There's no personality anymore. I don't have a ringtone. Yeah. I just have the beep, 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 which is I guess is a ringtone, but mm-hmm. it's not. Um no, but nowadays, like still when I hear straight to the bank, it's the closest thing in my life to PTSD. <laughs> Cause like I'll hear straight to the bank every now and then still, and I'll just go into like, oh my god, I I feel like it just I I have this feeling that somebody's about to say, hey, I don't want to go to prom with you. It brings you back, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I uh, I don't know. It's just a weird one. It's all weird, like this whole thing right now. To think like back in the beginning of twenty twenty, that uh, the the world would change like as drastically as it did. I just still, I can't. I'm trying to remember, like, because this is such a norm to me now. Yeah. That, like, when this first happened, this was just, like, such a weird thing. It was kind of scary, too, because nobody knew. Everyone just thought that COVID was, like, a death wish for everybody. Yeah. As soon as Tom Hanks got COVID, that's when I really started worrying. <laughs> I, that, was I was when my, say, that was when my life crumbled. That's when I I was going to say the same thing, too, because I didn't really care about it until Tom Hanks got it. Really? I didn't care that half the NBA had gotten it. <laughs> Or I don't know who who else who was who else was somebody who got it because there was about five notable people in one day who got uh, it. Idris Alba got it. Idris, I didn't really yeah. care. I'm like, okay, well, I I enjoyed you in Thor, but uh, I don't know, no dice. I just I just wasn't as invested with Idris. Tom Hanks is an American when, hero. When Forrest Gump, when America's sweetheart Tom Hanks was diagnosed with COVID nineteen. I shut my life off to invest in what what was happening with him and Rita Wilson and his lovely wife, Rita. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite frankly, I was hoping that he would just pass it on to chat. I was, was going to say. Yeah. You'd have to quarantine him on an island for real. <laughs> Remember that when he went to the red carpet and he was like, big up to the island boy. He was the original guy. <laughs> he was the original island boy. He was boy. the original island boy. <laughs> no, his dad was. Which oh. I think was a meme because of the castaway thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's weird being back. Uh, right now, I'm recording for my parents' place. I'm here for the week. Just kind of uh, nothing's happening out here in Mississauga. I'm away from my apartment where I had relative freedom. Like here, I can't, I, I'm not going out anywhere, right? Because my parents don't want this Omicron thing. But uh, it's weird being back here because you stayed here. You st- you didn't move into the city. You just got a nice condo by yourself with a balcony overlooking the city center. Yeah, and I do envy you. It's a nice place. It just kind of 
away from everything. Yeah, but you're still in the same area, though. So it is like it is kind of wholesome. A little bit. I like it's like it's away from like where I grew up, but no, it's like I'm still in the same city, but I'm not too far away from downtown. Like I, it's not that far of a drive unless there's a uh, traffic and stuff. I'm close by to a subway station too. If I drive there, there's, you, a, lot, there's a lot of driving for me. So do you enjoy it though? Not really. No. Do like living there? You don't enjoy it? No, I do. It's. I like being away from the city. I want to be close to the city, but yeah. I like being away from it as well. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't really see myself uh, like living downtown anymore. I used to when I was younger, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm of the opinion at 30 now. I mean, I, I come back, I enjoy coming back here. It's quiet. There's not a whole lot going on sometimes, you know, especially during this whole, all this shit, the last couple of years. Coming back here and being with my family, like that's kind of what I need. It, it feels like a, a some fresh air. Like it feels like I'm, I'm I have room to breathe for a second. Because in the city, be, being by myself, it's just nothing, right? Just, just a bachelor pad. There's just nothing going on. And then I come back here. There's also nothing going on, but it's quieter. I don't have like the ruckus from the subway at nighttime. It's just kind of it's some bliss. This is what I think the afterlife is. It's just Mississauga. <laughs> Yeah, it I could just, be I heaven, it could leave. be hell. Yeah. You just wake up in South Common. Do you ever feel like you're going to leave here? Eventually? I want to. I, I, I eventually want to leave the GTA and go to New York. Like, that's my dream. But, uh, and I, I will eventually. Like, I'm looking like my, th- I want my, th- I want it to happen in my 30s, like in the next few years. And I think I could do it. But I don't know. Mississauga seems like one of those places. It's a nice place to grow up, and it's also a nice place to settle. Mm-hmm. with a family like sometime in your 30s early 40s whatever from like a city somewhere rural to to live your entire fucking life here it just seems like just toxic as hell i can't see myself either doing that because yeah. i'm i'm just i'm in the same boat too like i was trying to either move to new york or la yeah eventually i'm still right. single so like i'm not that's the, trapped in a marriage or anything. So with kids, but it's, um, I don't know. Like Mississauga, it, it's like a city. If it had the vibe of a food court, if it mm. was just a big giant food, like it's just a city full of subway employees. <laughs> it's just, everybody just has that attitude of, okay, do you want a foot long or a six inch? I'm <laughs> just walking around. With skateboards and shit. <laughs> I keep talking about it with people, especially like in the 2000s. Because again, like we both grew up in this area and a lot of people like from outside of it, they don't necessarily believe it. But it was like in the mid 2000s, that era, like in this general part of like Aaron Mills, it was fucking crazy. It was wild. The teenagers were up to some crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And like you grew up on Ridgeway, <laughs> yeah. You grew up in the Ridge, man. Yep. Do you ever say you're like a hood guy? Because I feel like you could play that card. <laughs> Not at all. Like it, I guess it surprises a lot of people that I grew up in that area. I remember the one time, yeah, uh, because there was that one summer that there was like, I think there was like three drive-bys in a week. Yeah. 
And then one time you dropped me off and there's like police tape and I just I nonchalantly got out, of the, got out of the car. I'm just like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. We, we were at St. Louis Bar and Grill and we're sitting on the patio and we see about five cop cars all lit up heading down Ridgeway. And Max looks at them and he goes, I know exactly where they're headed. <laughs> <laughs> they're headed to <laughs> my dad finally got busted. But that's the thing. A lot of people don't know about like uh, like the bad areas of Mississauga, especially if you're in Toronto, because people mm. the only thing people think about Toronto is like, oh, the bad areas is like Jane and Finch or yeah, um, wherever in Scarborough. There's a lot of them, yeah. Um, but like they don't know about like little small areas in like different cities in and the stuff. GTA. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like Mississauga, so where I grew up on uh, Colonial and Collegeway, which everyone just called Ridgeway, yeah, because it was a street uh, behind where mm-hmm. majority of the stuff happened. Right. Like there is always like some sort of like gang activity or some, some drug activity, a shooting or something. And like, did you ever see a gun? Yeah, actually. Yeah. When I was a, when I was a kid, actually, they, um, somebody flashed their piece. They no, they found it. I guess someone threw it in the bushes. Right. Um, and they had like the, the, like the SWAT team or ETF team or whatever mm-hmm. come by and, uh, they just like, picked up the gun or whatever and just uh took it away really but uh yeah there used to be a lot of stuff like that like you you can hear like um like all the commotions or whatever cops are always there like patrolling that area it was um it was pretty wild i feel like in another universe there's a rapper you (laughs) who's spreading the gospel of you were ridgeway's tupac if I if my parents let me hang out with all the hooligans there, I probably would have been a pretty good rapper, maybe. You probably would have been amazing. You probably would have been I don't know if there are I don't know if there are too many Polish rappers. In Poland, but maybe. <laughs> well, again, I don't know. I've never heard Polish rap. I've heard Russian rap. That's wild. Yeah. I don't know. But uh I don't know, I do feel like you you have I think you have a mixtape in you. <laughs> I do. I really do. I think that you are you are a visceral artist. Well, you are a man who, but again, like you're in touch with your feelings. You do get you do get angry from time to time. Oh yeah. I do think that you have a lot of. This is just it. And just just hear me out. I do believe that because of your Polish roots, and because of what your people have been through, with both the Germans and the Soviets, that you do have inherited trauma mentally built within that you haven't let out yet. Oh yeah, it's all bottled in. Yeah, so it comes out. It's like with the Irish. The Irish have it. I feel like I've inherited a little bit of it. I'm coming. Like th- th- that's why I'm so on edge. Yeah, it it definitely surprised because I I definitely have a lot of bottled up anger. Yeah, and I keep it in, but like unless like we're driving, you've seen me have road rage with I've, like bad I've seen drivers. You, well, okay, so this is a nice segue. <laughs> uh, we were, um, well, I'll let you tell the story, but we, okay. So I'll just set it up. We were, uh, I just done a set at the Royal theater and we were with a bunch of us. We were with Farhan. We were with our friend Dana and then we were with Aleem and the five of us, we were like, okay, let's go eat, drink somewhere. So we ended up settling on Bloor, like a couple blocks away at the, the, uh, what was it? The dark horse, black horse. I, th- I think so. I think it was Black Horse. I don't want to give this place, but th- there's fucking seven people listening. Who gives a shit? It was, the, it was, I guess, the Dark Horse. It was something about, I don't know. We'll call it the Whip Nene. Yeah. Just for just for fun. But uh, we were sitting in a booth, and the man, the proprietor of this place, he was an older gentleman, hunched over, probably in his mid-70s, was a little short with us. And Max... Uh, 
at the end of the night, it's fairly unexpected. He took him to task. Mm-hmm. So you can take it. No, so I remember that. I think it was like, I think they're doing last call. I think they were cl- like closing the kitchen in like 30 minutes. So we still had time. Mm-hmm. But the, um, I don't know if it's the owner or the manager, but he came up to us and he's just like, oh, it's only fried food. And we're yeah. like, okay, can we just get a menu? He's like, oh. That guy yeah. had an owner vibe. I don't yeah. think you talk to people that way with, uh, without like owning yeah. something. No, and he like, I'm just like, I want to know like what's on. So he just starts listing stuff of like, oh, fried fi- or um, fish and chips, mm-hmm. wings. And like, just like, okay, we'll just name out, like, we'll just choose whatever he names out or whatever. Right. right? But like, we're just still pretty cool about it. He brings us all the food. And then um, I think we got a drink each. And I think Aline got two drinks. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the night, we're just like, oh, can we get the bills, please? Right. And he comes back mm-hmm. with one bill. And just like, can we get it like separate or whatever? And then yeah. he got like super annoyed with us. And he's he's like, okay, I'll be right back. He comes back with a calculator and says, tries to calculate what our like bills are or whatever. And yeah. Aleem's an accountant. <clears throat> so like he's good with numbers and he just gives a random number to him. Oh, yeah, he's like Rain like, Man. He's just like, okay, yeah, you you owe this much. And Aleem's just like, uh, no, I don't, I think you're overcharging me right now. And then he got like super upset with it. He's just like, oh, guys, I'm so tired. I can't do this oh, anymore. Yeah. He and got blah, blah, really blah. into it. And he's just like, okay, guys, go to the front. Go up there yeah. and then pay pay to the to the guy there. And I was just like, all right. So like we're still like pretty like chill at this point, right? I'm a little annoyed, but I want to pay my bill. Right. So we go up there and then he's talking to the guy that's uh, separating our bills. But he's like still like talking trash about mm-hmm. us. And stuff, and then I'm just kind of losing it. And at that point, I'm just like, if you don't, if you're too tired for this business, then you shouldn't have a business. Or yeah. I forget what I said or whatever. He heard you say that, and that's when he stepped in. Yeah, he heard that, and he comes up to me, he's just like, "Oh, you have a problem with me?" I'm and just that, like, that's when your Max turned into Doctor Jekyll. <laughs> that's when the monster came out. I went zero to a hundred. Oh yeah, no, you fully snapped on the guy. Because the guy, the guy's just going up to me, just like, uh, "Oh, say that again to me." I'm just like, "No, I'm just talking to my friends." And he's just like, "Oh, what other business uh, splits their bills?" And I just lost it on him. He's asking yeah. me what other business. We're in Canada. We're not. I know in like places in Europe or outside of the North America. Where, where was he? Was he a Turkish guy? He was I, something like that. He was something, something Albanian was, or something. Yeah. Something in that mix. But he like, yeah, I went zero to a hundred on him. I'm just like, I don't guy. care. And just lost it. I was like scared that someone was filming it. So like the next. that That's just it. Because I started, I was like, okay. Because my biggest fear is like, and I'm not this fucking gung-ho dude who's just saying whatever publicly or even in my, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing that kind of shit. I'm not going around fucking yelling at people or shouting them down. But there's moments where I'm like, I do have to check myself a little bit because I am afraid sometimes somebody's got a phone out. And he's like uh, something that I say is going to be misconstrued or they're not going to get it in full context. And I'm going to be on six buzz. That's the thing. And that's the, the thing. Cause I'm, I was in the right as well. You were in the right. Cause like I kept my cool the entire time. It was like, he was like just being horrible with customers from like the beginning. And then I just kind of snapped, like I just kind of handle it and just had to like tell what it is. But again, if someone's filming that, they'll just look at me just like, Oh, look at this. Like, this asshole yelling at an elderly man, yeah. not understanding the context. I thought it would have been funny if at that moment, Gordon Ramsay stepped out from the back and went, what are you doing? 
See, this is the reason your restaurant is going under. <laughs> yeah. Get in I, the back, you French pig. I remember the next day you sent me over Instagram, you sent me something from Six Buzz, and I immediately got scared. I'm like, oh my God, is this me? Did they, <laughs> they send a video of me just yelling at some old man? I'm not going to lie. There was a couple good hours that next day where I was scouring Six Buzz to just make sure. <laughs> There was part of me that was kind of hoping. Yeah. I mean, oh, wow, I'm finally Six Buzz famous. Yeah. For the wrong reasons. For sure. It's funny because I, I, I find that story interesting. And I, I'm glad I was there for that to see it culminate because I have been seeing this monster really bubble up in you for quite some time. Because I remember about a summer, like one summer ago, this was like during the first quarantine summer, first COVID summer, 2020, we're in McDonald's at the drive through and there's a guy right up in front of them. The line is not moving because there's a guy right in front of us on a bicycle. On the bicycle. I remember that. And yeah. He's talking into the thing, the speaker. And they wouldn't serve him because he was on a bike. And he's standing there for like a good three minutes. And he eventually starts accusing them of discrimination. He's like, This is terrible. I'm going to phone a lawyer. I know Sean King. Like I was a white dude. Yeah. But I don't know. He was just saying some, some shit and, uh, they won't, they still refuse to serve. And they're like, that's not discrimination. So you're on a bicycle. We don't serve bicycles. Like you can order online and he just rides away. Like he gave in. Mm -hmm. He did. He did not. He did not have the conviction of somebody who was hungry. Weak. No, but, um, but I remember you flipping off, like you are not flipping off, but you flipped out on the guy. Yeah. You got, you got seriously. I do. You started honking your horn. I was definitely in a bad mood earlier that that night yeah but uh yeah i i remember that guy too because right. i i lost it on him too you were just you started honking the horn you had your window open you stuck your head out you're like come on fuck like come on go go because i'm i'm very motherfucker. like i'm normally very i'm a very nice person i try not to like make confrontation or anything but like right. at one point like at some point i'm just not gonna take shit from people for sure and like, I'll just be as nice and just try to not be confrontational. But if it just keeps going, then it's going to snap. For sure. I, when I first got the idea of, oh, okay, this Max does have some pent up rage inside of him. It was in that McDonald's drive through with the bike guy. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I, I was, I'm ambivalent about that situation because I did feel for that guy because I have walked through that drive through drunk many a time. And gotten served. Mm -hmm. So I do think that there was some uh, discriminatory action taking place behind the scenes. Because um, I have walked through there and I've gotten served. And I've, as I've done with many fast food establishments in this area. But you also work there too. So you're an honorary member. You can do whatever you want there. I really could. I technically could be like one of those guys from those surveillance videos that they show every now and then. Like he'll walk through the back. Yeah. Make himself a burger and then leave. They just do that. Don't mind me. I'm just meal prepping for the week. I am just me. This is my, yeah, I'm just having a quick cheeseburger. Yeah, I'm on the uh, I'm on the red meat diet. I have about seven pounds of it already sitting at the bottom of my colon. I'm looking to make it eight, people. I don't know. I, um, I guess we'll switch over to this because I did, I, we have no format for this. We're just kind of shooting the shit, but... I did want to talk about it. I messaged Max because I saw something I really didn't want to see uh, on Christmas Eve. 
um, and it's traumatized me, and it's made me rethink life in general. Not just not just film, not just television, not just streaming, but life in general. Um, and that is the uh, Adam McKay atrocity of uh, don't look up, everybody, which I was not a fan of. It wasn't the worst thing that I'd ever seen, but I think it's a microcosm of just like the patronizing shit of like Hollywood right now where like they'll have a movie and it has a message, but the message trumps the entertainment value. Like every line of dialogue is like a fucking point. And I remember I told Max, I'm like, hey, before we do the podcast, you got to watch this too. And he did. And he texts me back after, like, I, I I write, like, a whole thing on on Instagram, like, my whole review going, it's, it's taken me a couple days to process this, but I really hate it. I'm, I'm doing, like, a whole rant on my post of just, like, this is what's wrong with Hollywood. It's now about the message more than it is entertainment. If you want to have a message, make it entertaining for doing a whole thing, like, a whole song and dance, right? And I'm worked up. And then I tell you, Max texts me. He's like, yeah, I just watched it. And I go, okay, and what did you think? And he goes... Quite frankly, I don't have an opinion. <laughs> Max is like the anti-me. He's like bizarro me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm working my, I'm pouring my heart out trying to talk about this. I'm having like a heated, passionate moment. You sounded very annoyed on through the text when you re- replied back to that as well. But I, because I was, I'm like, dude, like <laughs> fuck, like you, you. There's been several situations like this where I'll get, I'll get worked up about something. Like I'm just pacing around a room throughout the day. I'm worried about like a fucking civil war, like a nuclear winner, like all these different fucking atrocities happening. And then I'll look at your Instagram story and it's just you with your face on a 2K player. <laughs> like just thumbs up, like everything's okay. I'm just ignoring what's happening right now. My God. <laughs> I just don't know. Like, I, but I've had so many situations where like I'll be in an argument with somebody at a bar or a restaurant and there's like saliva fl- like flying out of my mouth at this moment. Like I'm drinking a Coors. I can't even hold my Coors light down, right? I'm just so fucking heated with this person. And Max will just be in the corner just going like, hey, can I just get the blue cheese with the chicken wings? Can I Can I just, um, what are the mozzarella sticks like? And I'm just yelling and I'm like, and the fucking government is going to have fucking, they're tracing all our cell phones, they're doing all this, just the usual hacky bullshit that comes out of my mouth. And Max is just like, "Um, you know what? I've never tried a daiquiri before. And uh, you know what? I'd really like to give it a go. I'm I'm a very simple person, so. You're like like the human embodiment, you're like the real-life embodiment of a Zach Galifianakis character. (laughs) No, but I, I wasn't that annoyed. I was just funny, but um back to the the movie like my whole thing there was a couple funny moments it was interesting so it meryl streep's character that's supposed to be like a female version of trump it's supposed to be something along those lines but again like it is just so clearly a parody like a a reflection of of a republican politician Mm -hmm. and it's by all means if you want to have one if you want to criticize the establishment if you want to criticize the republican party go ahead and do it just don't make it so heavy-handed and fucking obvious. That's that's all I mean, right? And I find it annoying because there's no there's no nuance to these characters. They're not interesting anyway. I didn't find her character interesting. I found the tram stamp at the end interesting. By the way, we're yeah. spoiling this whole movie. Everybody dies at the end. Everybody dies in the end, and you get to see uh, Meryl Streep's uh, booty at the end with the tram stamp. I guess up. we really should have maybe warned people that we were going to give away spoilers. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, you do see, I get, well, it's not real, but it's like she has a tramp stamp at the end. She's naked. That's, you know, it's the whole thing. We won't spoil what happens at the very end, but yeah, that might get her an Oscar. Just to... No, she will be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Yes. It's just uh, for intimate. Oh, for impersonating a female version of Trump. Yeah. Be- she's best, a, best supporting actress. She's a Hollywood hero. Yeah. Mer- Meryl Streep's Meryl Streep's brown eye. Best Supporting Actress, Don't Look Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just found it particularly uninteresting. I didn't find it provocative. I love a good satire. Dr. Strangelove is my shit. I love, it's probably the greatest film satire or one of the, in the top five ever. I just wasn't into this. I didn't find it, I don't find any of these movies brave or provocative anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I want movies that challenge me. And this one just didn't do it. This one is just, it's so clearly... You know what I mean? Like that guy Mark Rylance, who was hilarious. He's the best part of that movie. Very funny. The guy from the Tom, the Bridge of Spies. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who plays like the spy that uh, Tom Hanks is defending in the movie, or he's tasked to defend. He was fucking great in that, but it was so obviously Elon Musk that they're goofing on, right? Oh, that was him. I didn't. Even, yeah, I didn't even know who that actor was. I didn't. I That's didn't. The guy. I, okay. Yeah. No, he was really good in that. He was fucking. He's the best part of that movie. But the thing that's just disheartening about it is it is Elon Musk that they're making fun of, right? And yeah. Again, there's things to make fun of about Elon Musk, right? The guy is quite possibly a fucking android mm-hmm. with human skin, right? The guy has very little of a personality. He is very interesting, but he has very little. And there are ways to make fun of him, but don't like just don't make it so fucking obvious is what I'm saying. Because it is one-sided and it does alienate people. Your thoughts. It could be like a mix of him and Bezos, I think. That's, that was another yeah. one that I was thinking. It was it was probably Bezos too, but it's it's these two technological giants right now. Mm-hmm. But they're clearly they they just painted him as this superficial villain who's just really like I only care about. And again, Elon Musk very well could only give a shit about that. But it's like give the person if it's a fucking movie character, make it a little more interesting. Don't just make it a parody, a sketch parody. Of this one guy that you're you're trying to goof on. I don't really, yeah, I don't really get the the Elon Musk hate too much. Like it's because he's a billionaire. Yeah, that's that's all it is. Yeah, because I remember the whole when he was uh gonna host SNL or he did host SNL, but like mm-hmm. the week prior, I'd go on like the uh the ins- like their Instagram yeah. SNL's Instagram page. Elon Musk is eating babies. Yeah, I just yeah. like read all the comments and just like. He was just losers about it. For sure. But he actually did, like, I didn't want, I don't think I, yeah, I didn't watch, I've only watched clips of that episode that he hosted, and, like, it was all right. It, well, no, I didn't think it was great. I didn't, it was not. But but he's not, he's not, again, he's not an actor, he's not a comedian. But, like, he did fine. He did, he hit his, he hit his marks. The sketches were terrible. Mm -hmm. That fucking Wario shit was bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was bad. And they did do that purposely to kind of put him in these humiliating places. Like, let's see what we can do with the fucking, you know, tech billionaire. You know, the guy that thinks we're living in the Matrix. Let's fucking put him in this shitty situation. Like, you know, let's, let's, let's make him Wario and put him in a courtroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let's just give him these boring models. Like, it just, it's, it's one of those things where, and I don't know how you feel, but if you are, I'm I'm of the belief that if you're worth $300 billion, people are allowed to make fun of you. Yeah, People are allowed to say whatever the hell they want about you. The people are allowed to say whatever they want about anybody, but 
I, I think that, you know, you've, you gotta let that shit kind of go over your head a little bit if you're worth that amount of money, right? People, again, there's people fucking digging apple cores out of dumpsters. You're allowed, you know, to, to goof on this guy. Yeah. Right. It should just fly. That should be just our right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've goofed on you a little bit throughout this whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've made fun of your beard. I've made fun of your uh, attire. I've made fun of your Eastern European background. And, uh, I don't know. I just think that, uh, just waiting for my rage to come out. I am waiting. You know, this whole thing has just been me. (laughs) This episode is going to end with just you flipping this table, cutting and everything. Just because I'm throwing the microphones across the room. And that is the day Max became a supervillain. <laughs> this is your Marvel movie that we're stepping into right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, just in closing with that, I just think it, it was just not a very good movie. If you want to make a movie with a message, have the message. But bury it in entertainment. Like, again, Jaws is a movie pretty much about the Watergate scandal. If you think about it, it's about a political, like political corruption, a greedy mayor, all kinds of shit. It was made after that era, and you wouldn't know it. I wouldn't have known it. You wouldn't yet. know it because, at face value, it's about a shark that just eats fat ladies on floaters, right in the middle of the and and eats a child. And that's right? all you need to know. And, yeah. and if yeah. you want to dig deeper in that, then for sure, then you find the interesting yeah. Rosemary's Baby. Is is essentially an allegory for women's liberation. You wouldn't. It's about in at face value. It's just a movie about a chick who's pregnant with Satan's child. Mm-hmm. You know, family content. But uh, yeah, I just I think that all the movies are too heavy handed now, and uh, we need to get like even Avatar. It's made me rethink Avatar because Avatar people shit on a lot. Mm-hmm. Avatar is just an entertaining movie about blue people with guns. I mean, like, the message is kind of in the back. Like, it, it is about, like, colonialism, I guess, and shit like that. But, again, at face value, it's just a movie about blue aliens with, with arrows and guns. Uh, so, I I guess we'll end it there. Oh, this was fun. It was a good time. Have, have more guests on. And, yeah. Uh, I'll have more people on, but I want to get you back. I want to have, it like, a regular thing. If you want to come on once a month, yeah, we can do that. I'd be yeah. down to come on. That's yeah. sick. Okay, well, I had a fun time, everybody. This was episode, I do believe this was 56. Uh, and I had a wonderful time with Max. Uh, Something's Off podcast. Uh, by the way, anything to plug? Uh, we'll probably uh, do some shows in the new year. Yeah. Uh, so right now, there's nothing really going on. But right. yeah, if you want to find out more, more of my shows or just see my content, uh, follow me, Max Ross Comedy, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm all there. Okay. Uh, and yeah, you, you, for you listeners out there, uh, something's off Alex DeWitt on Instagram, Alex DeWitt on TikTok. I think Alex DeWitt 15 on TikTok or some shit like that. Uh, get me on Twitter and, uh, make sure that you follow on Spotify, everybody. And, uh, we're going to be back soon. I appreciate it. You guys. There it is. <laughs>